0: Welcome to the summer series of Culture Factor. I'm Holly Shannon. When I spoke at this year's NFT NYC, I used my downtime to interview the experts about their engagement in the Web3 space. We've talked on Culture Factor a lot about what Web3 is and how it's being used, but I wanted to try and understand why. Almost every person I spoke to had a similar reason for being part of Web3. They all wanted to help fulfill our most basic, fundamental, evolutionary need, connection. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to explore the methods that artists, collectors, and businesses use to bring about connection. I'll break down the whys, not just the whats, of this new digital space we find ourselves in. Allison Alexander is the co-founder and director of ethics and social policy at Metacampus. She believes you can unlock human potential using technology. Her work with Metacampus is to bring equity to the world of Web3. In yesterday's episode, I mentioned that Allison knows firsthand what it's like to live in an abusive family and to then grow up in the care system. So she also understands the needs and complexities and is able to combine her leadership skills while playing an important role in Web3 She does this by creating a platform that stays ethical and helps level up anyone that needs this education. Allison walks the talk. She invests her hard earned cash in women led projects and businesses with NFTs that decorate her own walls. This allows her to bring attention to issues and focus on bringing a diverse range of women to Web3. As you'll learn, her dedication to these projects also mean that she uses her power as a collector for good, too. And today we have her on Culture Factor. So hello, Allison. Hello. Thank you for inviting me. It's very lovely
1: to meet you in person.
0: Thank you. Yes, you too. You too. Uh, so one of the things when I was in New York at NFT NYC, I was interviewing um, artists and collectors. <clears throat> I wanted to get into the heart of why people collect, you know, what, what is the value of art to the collector? Um, and in this web three space, there are people who collect art because they want the profile picture or which, which is PFP in in that language, or they want the POOP, which is the proof of attendance protocol. They want to show that they attended someplace and they came away with, with that. Um, but for you, from what I understand is it's much deeper. It's, uh, much more, um, uh, intricate. Uh, it, it, it weaves in, um, your past a little bit and your appreciation for women in the web three space. So I'm going to lead with that because I'd like to understand as a collector, why you've chosen what you have and, and what does it do for you intrinsically? Um,
1: and and I think it is always going to be so different as you said for everybody isn't it but why do I and um, you will see that I have some artwork around me and there's more around here I feel sorry it's sad that everyone can't see all of them but um, I started with I started with buying a group of five that were buying a female artist that was raising money for a charity for a children's charity and and I saw them and I was just like wow um, given that I was new to NFTs and I saw them and I was like, I just got to buy them. And do you know what? I, they cost, the gas fees cost more than what she got from me and what went to charity, but that's why I bought them, that she was doing it for charity, um, and, and I loved them. And I keep all of those, and I just have them all the time because, for me, that's why I'm passionate about, children and charities and women. So, And then that led me into the space where I bought my next lot of um, NFTs, which were Tuttle Tribe. Um, by a group in Miami, an uh, amazing group of women who um, – and it was my first mint, and that was an amazing experience, minting if you've never done that before, and it's just like you don't know what you're doing and everything. And they were – Michelle and it was amazing, yeah, helping everyone get through it. But actually, from that point on, I just kept falling over female artists um, doing – producing and publishing that they were going to mint so um Cosmo was my next group that i bought a group in, in new zealand a female who runs a security company who's then branched out into nfts and then i went from there and then um i saw met woman who tammy who you talked to earlier i saw her and so i literally picked one of hers up um, and then Um, I started to pick other ones up. And and so there are some that are passionate to me about, like I have a pair of legs. And if you look at it, it's all cracked eggshells put back together. But um, in my spare time, I teach Pilates. So that reflects a part of me. So it it feels, I collect them because I really want to support women who are coming into this world. Um, And by buying them, I can firstly get involved with them. I can then offer them support um, using my years of experience in leadership and management. But actually, I can I can have them and share them with everyone I know by having them on my walls, having meetings, and people talking about my artwork. All of that.
0: I love that. I love that. It's um, the the it's not just digital for you. It's physical. It's on your walls. You can appreciate it day in and day out. Um, but what's really interesting to me is your intention from the beginning wasn't to collect art. It was to support charities. Um, so I'm, I'm going to, uh, go back in time a little bit for you or with you, I should say. So obviously you have an affinity for supporting people. Um, what you do at Metacampus is in the, um, the equity and, um, diversity and culture and ethics and, and all of that area. So you don't get there by accident. Um, usually there's something that brings you there. Do you, do you want to share a little bit of why charity is so near and dear to your heart and, and, and why this is the lane that Allison drives in?
1: I love that the lane that Alison drives in. I really, that's, uh, that's beautiful. Um, so the lane I, I drive in is, um, so I, like many people had that kind of really difficult childhood. Um, really grew up in a working class in England we call it that working class um, background really abusive all of that um, and in the end I had to leave because of all of that and and grow up in foster care children's homes and on all of those different environments and and I guess there was that bit of there was something innate in, in, inside me that just had a drive to just go forward. It wasn't going to destroy me. And I don't mean it does destroy, but it can really hurt people. And I think inside it takes a bit of you, but there's something about I was driven to go forward. And and from kind of the grand age of 17, I had the real opportunity to take a platform to be an advocate for young people. I say that, I was a young person myself. And and because of that, I worked for a charity, I could advocate for other children. and, And literally that, just led me to the next 30 kind of three years of my career where I just worked in people services doing everything I can to bring and turn life around for children and families in disadvantage Um, whether being dealt with by charities or what we call public services. So a real passion to say, how do we make a difference? How do we help people change, get a improve their education? Because education is the bit that will help us get out of poverty, all of those things, it, it really does. And how do I do that? So I use my skills as a leader to really bring change to the education system and the care system in England and did that for 30 years.
0: It's amazing. Hey, Culture Factor family. I have been enjoying rosé over this very hot summer, and Harmony Wine has been my newest addiction. My friend Matt Harmon has not only created this delicious rosé from Provence, but it has these beautiful notes of strawberry and floral, and it's dry and super yummy and he put it in the prettiest of cans that you can take to your picnic or a barbecue. Matt and I agree that the best rosé comes from the south of France. That's probably why we're friends. And he is going to be giving you my Culture Factor family 20% off. Your Harmony Wine link is in the show notes. What you're doing now with Metacampus is I feel like you're working in the reverse which is kind of a an interesting way to build a company. You are helping women uh, in different areas to level up, to be educated, to be supported with their mental health, to work on their sense of balance and health and well being. You have all of these different things in Metacampus um, that allow for women to level up in some way, whatever it happens to be, or, or improve in some way. And so I feel like you're working backwards because you're looking at it as like the NFT is the gateway to that. So they buy an NFT and it allows them to come into that space it's their PO-OP, It's their proof of attendance protocol. It's their PFP. It's their proof, the authenticity that they are part of that community. And now that NFT, if I understand correctly, unlocks the ability to participate in anything they need to create the whole self. Do I am I understanding it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yes. In, in, um, in um, so we've met women. Um, where, where i'm an ambassador as then that is what they can do and and all of this i think is is absolutely accurate what you're saying is we're using people are are bringing themselves into the art they're then using that to launch, and then other people can buy into that by supporting more women, but they can also get access to education, support, networks, communities. And most importantly, for me, it's about how it says then we can help women take that space. So women wake up, make up 50% of the world's population and probably 10% of senior leaders and managers. So how do we shift that? How we shift that is by empowering women and i giving them that space to do that and for me i think as we move into web3 which is the beauty there's so many beauties of web3 but the web3 is beautiful because it can remove it can give people anonymity it can remove bias in the way that people are seen. Um, The PO-OPS, the blockchain, it can give people that identity. They can secure their identity and carry it with them. They can be in charge of it. So we can give women who might not have access to some of that history to have that and carry it with them in life. We we can give people who are... um, having to flee domestic abuse we can give people who are fleeing persecution using the blockchain they can carry their identity and all their credentials with them and that's what all of this can give and they can go forward so i think it's it absolutely is what you're saying like we are creating a way to level up the playing field in england we would say level up the playing field um by actually introducing people women to two NFTs and the whole education that goes with it. I love that.
0: I, you know, it's interesting because I've, you know, when, when I first launched my show, it was a conversation around company culture and when COVID hit, which is when I launched it, um, there was a lot of posts like by Melinda Gates, um, Shelly Zalas, um, some, some big people, um, that you know, talk about women in business. And it was said that the gender parity, the, you know, gender equity was set back 250 years um, because of COVID. You know, a lot of women ended up at home, um, a lot of invisible work. They weren't able to uh, carry that load and work in a a corporate environment from home because, you know, before maybe they had like some daycare and they had, you know, a housekeeper, they had all those things. And now they couldn't have any of that. Um, and I'm wondering, I mean, I don't have any data on it or stats, but I'm wondering is web three an opportunity for us to shrink that gender parity and, and within that, all those inequities that you spoke of and bias, because I think it's all in there right Yep. so when you ask these questions i want to jump in and go yes 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 because i do Do i absolutely do
1: believe um given what we've experienced um and i think we have gone backwards to start with um and i think what happens is we went backwards because it was assumed that women would take on a lot of those roles in the household so all of those things happened but i think now that we are we are coming out of it what we have to do is challenge Big business, small business. Actually, the culture can be so different. We can actually continue to do business, as we've been doing it over the COVID period. But actually, now um, women, um, disabled people, lots of different people who are having to be um, stay at home or stay in the fa- in the, in that place, they actually got so much more freedoms now. Yeah, they actually can work in a whole different way where they didn't before. Um, I was talking with somebody the other day that um, as, a, as a guy with a disability, he, he couldn't go out often or he couldn't be in a workspace. Now, he can work anywhere in the world and nobody even looks at that issue of the disability because actually it's about what does he need to be able to do to do his job? What skills... Does he need to have to do his job? And if he cannot do that, none of that other stuff is relevant because actually I I don't need them to go on a train for two hours and come to my office. I don't need them to do all of that. They can stay exactly where they are. And we're at a tipping point, I think, because we've got this whole issue of people are driving themselves back into the office because of lots, probably a whole range of complex issues of small businesses need people to be back in the office because then they get business, loads of different things. But we've got to really stop the temptation to do that so that we can keep the freedoms for people to work in a home environment and to work anywhere across the world. That's also the most important thing. I no longer have to work for an English company. I can work for a U.S. company if I want. I can work anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really important.
0: I think that's great. And I think as you work with, um, you have an understanding of people who have disadvantages and, and trying to get them into Web3 in some capacity. I mean, I think that some struggles for businesses and, and why they need people there is, you um, they can't run from home, you know, they just can't. You think about, you know, the um, things that you have, this computer we're using right now to have this Zoom call with each other. Well, this has to be built somewhere, you know, like you need to have a factory and you need to have humans there that are putting together and you could move towards, you know, some automated machines to create things uh or build be a part of the build um but you know there are just a lot of businesses restaurants for example mm. you know yeah. you need people you need people to coffee host shops. and sit, coffee sit shops, right make nutrition. the coffee whatever so it's not a perfect science but i love that web3 might be opening or is opening up opportunities for people that can't go first of all didn't maybe even fit in before in the office struggled with that. Um, and now they don't have to, uh, for whatever reason. And, and I think it's kind of exciting that you're providing education to people that they can figure out what skills they can acquire so that they can work smartly, you know, efficiently for themselves. Yeah.
1: And I think that's, that is the really important thing that, uh, especially people who might, have, um, who might be conscious of something and that they don't want to um, go into another environment, they can be in the safety of their home and that they can still equally participate and that they can equally contribute to society. Because some of the point is, as society is constructed based on who's in the room, Yeah, and actually what we need to do is have more people in the room. And you only get more people in the room when you open all those doors. And then when you have more people in the room, you get a different culture.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: When you only have men develop in the boardroom, you only get a culture that accommodates them. And actually, the more we've had women come into that, um, the more that we've had people with disabilities, women of colour that come into that, the more we see what the new culture is, is reflective of all of those people as opposed to one second group. And that's really important.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm a big advocate of diversity of voice and thought. So that just hits the nail on the head for me. So let me ask you, Allison, what is, because you make decisions about your art based on the uh, utility of it or the roadmap of it, that it goes towards a charity, that it's for social good. What are you looking at now? Oh, um, well
1: actually i'm i'm not jumping into lots of new things at the moment because i think the ones that i have invested in some of those are really at that tipping point and they're having those discussions how, how do we survive in this bear market how, how do we really and i think they need those of us who are are their supporters or are their members it's, if I go to invest my money somewhere else, actually, that means that the ones that I'm already invested in could could lose out. And actually, I'm here and I need to support those ones and make sure that they thrive. And then when they're in that position, then that's easier for me to diversify. Mm. So. There are, there are a few more that I, I bought as a, and sometimes I bought them from listening to podcasts and I hear about some amazing projects and then I end up buying. But I think with that, I've found that I've just bought a few, but then there are some where I'm really invested in the project and wanting to help them, especially at this time
0: yeah that's I love that though I think um being dedicated to projects and an advocate for them and not maybe spreading yourself so thinly across a lot of different channels that you um end up uh, not feeling tethered to people and projects that are important to you so I respect that I love that Allison thank you thank you I think that might actually be the definition of a true collector. So I'm really glad we had this conversation.
1: Thank you. I've really, really enjoyed it. Lovely to meet you um, in person.
0: Yes, finally. Thanks for coming on Culture Factor. So what do you think? I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wherever you leave a message, know that I'll engage with you And others will, too. I may even share your thoughts on the show. This summer is coming in hot. Please share this episode of Culture Factor now and listen with your friends. It's always more fun that way. And don't forget the Harmony Wine Rosé. Season 4 of Culture Factor is produced by Pale Blue Studios.